Welcome to Defining Rules, a podcast about jobs you may have never heard of. I'm your host, Kate Barrett. Let's explore the possibilities of what's out there so that we can find our perfect role. Hello, I am so happy you're here this week to tune in to my conversation with Jessica Gill who is the podcast and media production manager at To Be Magnetic. And part of her role includes co-hosting the Expanded Podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to every week and have been for about two years. Jessica has been hosting for the last year. And in this episode, we get to hear about her previous role in the TV and film production industry. We learned about how she started her own podcast and built some of the skills that she uses in her current role. And we also talk about how the workshops through To Be Magnetic have really shaped both of our journeys. And I will link the To Be Magnetic website and the expanded podcast so that you can learn a little bit more about their work through those sources. Jessica and I touch a little bit about them in this episode, but there is so much to the work. I highly recommend that if this sparks any curiosity for you, that you jump over there and check out the work that they're doing um, through Lacey Phillips and her phenomenal uh, workshop that she's created. So you can find all of those links in the show notes. And with that, let's jump into the episode. Well, I am so excited. This week, I have Jessica Gill on the podcast. And Jessica is the co-host of one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to all the time. So Jessica, welcome to Defining Roles. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. All right, let's start with the first question I always ask. What is your official job title? Okay, (laughs) it's a long one. Okay. Um, So it's podcast and media production manager at To Be Magnetic. How would you define your role? Um, A mix of everything. Uh, Essentially, I'm overseeing all of the media department. So at a company like To Be Magnetic, which is wellness-based, but we also have podcasts and a lot of digital courses and videos and all of that stuff, I'm really overseeing, first and foremost, the podcast, Um, you know, helping to book guests, schedule everything, uh, prep briefs behind the scenes, then overseeing the actual sort of like arc of the episodes, the edits, prepping the the show notes, the media, the graphics, the whole shebang. Um, and then really also overseeing all, you know, IGTVs, behind the scenes interviews, workshop videos, uh, DI audios, and constantly trying to update those and get them to the next highest level and the next highest level. Um, and then really just, you know, kind of a, we are all hands on deck at To Be Magnetic. So everyone's kind of playing every role. And I think pretty much every role on the team involves some uh, 
semblance of strategy. So we're always brainstorming how can we make the products better? How can we make the content better? How can we reach more people? Who should we partner with? I mean, we're talking about like everything and anything under the sun constantly. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> and amazing. also yeah. answering, you know, I'm co-hosting the podcast with Lacey and I'm also co-hosting Supported, which is our monthly um, members class where we answer questions specifically to the members and, you know, really getting to dive in deep, like more on some of the topics and what some of the members are going through and be able to to directly address them and help them out and guide them throughout the process. Very cool. I mean, that's a lot of hats, but it's really fun being so involved in every part. And what I think is cool about To Be Magnetic is that the team actually lives and does a lot of the workshops themselves. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, big time. I think almost everyone there really you know, became passionate about working there because they had all done the work at one point or another prior to even applying. So we really like understood what we were teaching, what we were doing, what we were about um, before even, you know, working there. Would you walk us through a bit of your career journey and some of the previous roles that you had that led to the position you're in today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started, I went to school um, at Penn State for film and video production. And so I really wanted to work in the television and entertainment space, wasn't quite sure exactly the role that I was going to land on, was thinking writer, producer, director, was kind of in between all of them and didn't have like such a clear specific route. Um, And you know, after I graduated, I started doing some internships. I was casting with a few companies in Chicago, and then I moved back to New York. I'm from the East Coast originally, so um, it was it was nice to be back home. And I started working for a talent management company and then moved into a production office and literally had every job under the sun there. Started as an intern, moved into executive assistant for the – the founder and um, owner of the company and then wound up moving to their casting department and then ultimately running their casting department um, and then taking on role as a a producer on the shows that I was also casting. So really sitting and interviewing tons of people all day long. Um, A lot of the work that we did was between, you know, reality TV and scripted. So there was a lot of you know, can these people be great on interviews? Do they have an interesting story to tell? You know, really, it's so funny now because working on the podcast, it's like all the same skill sets. You know, seeing how people are entertaining, getting them to um, be excited about the things that you're asking them questions on. And, you know, kind of hit my ceiling there with I was only able to work on the shows that the company was able to sell. And yeah. it got to a point where, you know, the themes and, and things that we were covering in the shows just didn't really feel aligned anymore. And I was itching for a new – a change of scenery and had always really loved Los Angeles and finally took the leap of faith and moved out to L.A. Um, and then tried the freelance route, which – 
coming from someone who used to have like extreme scarcity and lack mindset and really needing financial security, freelance was a thing I never thought I'd have the stomach for because you really don't know when your next paycheck's coming in. And Mm -hmm. I really liked knowing this is coming in then, this is how I'm going to budget. But I really just saved an FU fund and was like, cool, I know a bunch of people, I can figure this out. And it was far easier than I thought. I was getting calls constantly. There are so many productions out here in L.A., um, they're not always your dream job, but there you can get booked on something pretty easily. Um, so yeah, I was getting booked on a lot of different types of shows. I was getting more scripted. I was getting some game shows. I was getting some writing opportunities, producing opportunities. Um, I launched a stand-up comedy um, live event once a month that I was throwing with a bunch of other producers in the industry. So kind of like just did everything. And then, you know, again, it came to that sort of um, pivotal point where I was like, I really, you know, I know I can do all of this and I'm good at it. And I'm good at producing and I'm good at writing, but I'm just not so passionate about these projects again. And I only really want to work on something that totally lights me up and I'm, I'm a generator and I really just need to be enthralled with it otherwise my energy for it is it feels like I'm you know swimming upstream um yeah. and one of the last jobs I was working on you know the production office was in a in a spot where there was no windows into the office. It was all fluorescent lights. Like I need to be nature and I crave like freedom throughout my day. And like it felt I would take my lunch at my desk so I could take a half hour in the afternoon just to walk outside in the sun and Mm -hmm. had like free time. And that is just so like I need to be able to step outside freely without feeling weird about it. Yeah. Um, And so that was kind of the position I was in. And I was like, what am I – doing like this is so I feel like I'm in school like I'm I'm getting punished in school and I have to like sit inside and be to class and it just did not connect to my authentic nature at all um and so I started calling in sort of this job that I didn't even know how to define it uh I knew I wanted it to be remote because I wanted the flexibility to work when and how and where I want, whether it's a coffee shop or my apartment or, you know, a a co-working space or whatever it is, I really craved working remotely. Yeah. And I wanted to utilize all my creative skills. Like I wanted to take the role of a producer and use my creativity to implement new ideas and strategies and, you know, bring things to life and utilize all of these things that I've been harnessing for so long and I just didn't understand. I'm like, well, all those things you have to be on set, which means you can't be remote. So like, how does this work? Um, And so I kind of said no more to the television roles because it just wasn't feeling aligned anymore. And I really believe that there was like, okay, there's so many different media and and sort of hybrid companies that are creating content that – do need this sort of support um and I just have to find them and didn't really know what it looked like and to be magnetic was actually a great expander for me because they I saw the vision of like how my skill set could fit in with them 
I had to go on that journey and really double down on my skill set and and follow sort of like my pings and everything that was coming up, kind of guiding me along that path and then ultimately landed with To Be Magnetic. Awesome. At what point did you start doing Lacey's work, the workshops, and when did you first learn of her work? Like how did that tie into your career journey? Yeah, so I was probably, I started her work, I think 2018, and I had, you know, the job I mentioned where I like felt like I couldn't go outside and I had to take my lunch break outside and all of that is right when I started listening to the podcast. And I was like, oh, this is so, you know, it was expanding me and showing me like, oh, there's, this feels like the type of environment and people I want to be around with and the conversations I want to be having. Um, and so it started like slowly opening me up to what's next. And then I really started doing the work and, um, realizing that, you know, getting these other job opportunities were tests because I would say, okay, I'm not doing any more in television. And then, you know, a month or two would go by and there was no big headway on any new job opportunity. And then I'd get a call from a producer and they'd be like, do you want to come back and do this? And I'm like, uh, no, but also the money would be nice. And they're like, it's only eight weeks. And it was just like such a dangling carrot. And um, in the very beginning, I failed I think twice and I went back and did it and then I finally was like okay we are done we are done we are done no more we have the savings eight weeks is setting us back now we need to focus um and it wasn't until I really said no that things actually started moving towards my next role very cool and we will try and give a little background of Lacey's work because I know there's several people in my community that are unfamiliar and I'm just starting to talk about this work that I've been doing oh goodness for well over a year I think we're coming up on two years since I found Lacey's podcast Um, but I think her reach is getting further and further because this work is I truly think that to be magnetic is more of mindset exploration and uncovering your belief system than anything else. Totally. And I think a lot of people, they hear the word manifestation and that they like associate it with a lot of the rhetoric that's the think positive and things will just come to you. Mm -hmm. But that couldn't be further from the truth on the workshops and the message that you guys are getting out there, which I am so thankful for. Would you talk a little bit about the importance of action and taking action within Lacey's philosophy and within the formula of things? And because I know that your journey with To Be Magnetic started when you reached out to the company. And was that before you saw the position for the podcast and media producer. Can you kind of walk us through how action played into it and just kind of those little energetics around kind of some of the action steps that you took? Totally. So I think this is one thing I will definitely touch on because the gap between saying no to um, 
you know, the previous jobs, which in, in to be magnetic and Lacey's rhetoric is considered a test. Um, if you're going to settle for, you know, your low self-worth job that you weren't feeling aligned with anymore. Right. And yeah. that's like a pivotal part of this manifestation process. Um, but I think the key part is the phase between when I said no and when I got the job because there's so much inner work happening in between there to prepare me and that, yes, there's a lot of uncovering of the layers and covering of lack, you know, imposter syndrome, not feeling good enough, all of these things that I'm, you know, through her work are accessing and understanding and and sort of figuring out like where did I pick this up from you know what sort of parent modeled this to me or what um you know friends and family have modeled this to me like did I ever even see anyone who worked freelance my whole life um what do I know anyone who's doing freelance that's not for a film and television company and so that's where the term like expanders comes in it's like really knowing and seeing that it's possible to have these roles that they're common that people like you can have those roles and really seeking those people out so you physically believe it's possible but then the key key component is action yeah. And I think uncovering, you know, your limiting beliefs and why you may be self-sabotaging or might be less confident in an interview because you don't think you're good enough in that situation. And if you did some inner work, maybe you can show up more confidently. Um, all of that stuff is so important. But then it's once that foundation is set and you have the expanders, you know, you then you can really start taking action. And that's almost where you get your most clarity when you're like, where do I even start? How do I navigate this? This is a whole new industry I'm looking to tap into. I specifically wanted to go into wellness because I was really drawn to you know, psychology and self-help and, you know, I had gone to a Tony Robbins conference and was super jazzed up and just really felt like I really get this work and I really want to share and like be doing something that feels aligned, that's going to help people throughout their day, that's going to make them feel more actualized and connected to self and all of these things. So I'm jumping into an industry that I have feasibly like no contacts <laughs> you know yeah. I I have a, a ton of skills but I don't know how they factor in I don't even know what it looks like so I really had to find people online utilize Instagram and just started cold outreaching um I made like a super long excel sheet with every wellness company that felt even kind of like something I might be interested in um, and just started researching them. You know, who are their employees? Like, do they look like a big company or a small company? Are they hiring? Is it one individual? Do they have media? Is there a position potentially available for me? Like, is there, do they have video content anywhere? Is it very good? Do they have someone that does that already? Um, where are the gaps at these companies? You know, is their audio level not that great? Is their photography not up to par? Um, do they have, are they freelancing someone for it? Like just really getting as much information and stalking the crap out of the companies <laughs> I love as that. I could. It was just so helpful and re- and 
And from doing that, I really felt like, okay, I feel like now I know this industry so much better from doing all of this sort of like market research and stalking on the companies. That's so helpful and so great. And I just, I totally relate to a comment that you made in one of your interviews when you and Lacey did a a question and answer that you talked about how what you loved about your previous role was being a storyteller and that's what Mm. you love, but you felt that the industry you were in didn't allow you to tell the stories that really aligned with you. And so then seeking out companies that did have the stories that felt more aligned is just such an inspiration to go. If you're not feeling lit up where you are, take your talents somewhere else because you're also not showing up to your fullest if it's not if it's not the benefit to the max of who you could be. Absolutely. So I just think it's so great that, you know, looking at these companies and kind of digging deep to see where can I be a fit and where can I help get their story out further through my storytelling and all of the skills that I have. And it's so wild too, because like as I'm in this process and shifting between careers, <laughs> I was on the beach and this random woman came up to me and was like, hey, I know this sounds so weird and creepy, but I'm a, a psychic medium and I'm getting this channeled message to tell you that you have to go somewhere to share your stories. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I was like, this is insane. Like, what? And, you know, yes, she could have been. She could have been getting the message 100%. You know, someone who's not super into that spiritual thing is kind of like, eh, she probably told 10 people on the beach and they all related to that. Yeah. But in that moment, I needed to hear that and that felt like the validation I needed to like really push into the next level um and know that it's totally possible to continue to share more stories that aligned with me in this new in this new realm yeah can we talk about some of the hard versus soft skills that you use in your current role and maybe Um, So hard skills are what I define as technical training, things that you learned in school, and then soft skills are more of the transferable, maybe things you're innately good at. Mm. Okay, so hard skills, I would say um, a lot of producing is, is logistics. So figuring out how many puzzle pieces fit together, figuring out timelines, scheduling, um, you know, how everything needs to flow, creating sort of the the shooting schedule and what moving pieces need to be aligned, what equipment you need to book, that sort of thing. Um, so all of that is definitely a hard skill, you know, creating the budgets and all of that stuff. Um, I would also say editing. I've been editing since high school, so I have like a pretty – innate eye and ear for pacing and timing and when things are off pitch or need to be tweaked um and then I would say a medium hard skill which is something that I had recently taught myself kind of in that in-between period between um between 
you know, career changes was Photoshop and photo editing because I realized there was, you know, I was putting my own stuff on my website and just kind of sharing to get out there and show that I had different skill sets. And um, I realized like it's it feels like it should be so easy to make graphics. I'm just going to teach myself. And so that was something that, you know, I don't use it all I know I use it like once a week in in my current job where I'll do graphics for like the podcast Um, we do have incredible graphics people but I think having that skill and being able to take the workload off other people who you know are busy doing tons of other graphics it's just like a nice additional thing to have Um, and then soft skill wise I would say I'm really good at like big picture and vision like where can we see this and then figuring out what we need to do to move there Um, and really holding like that vision and moving in accordance with that vision Uh, I think with that is also like strategy you know figuring out doubling down from the top big vision to okay what are the steps to get there and what's the most strategic way we can do that and what's like a cool new innovative way to do that what are you know other people doing that's really interesting and what's our version of that I think all of that comes really naturally Um, and so it's fun to utilize that for the role as well cool what are some of the difference that you notice from producing your podcast that you did you got that inspiration or the ping as Lacey calls it in her workshops to start your own podcast to get the skills kind of rolling before you even knew that you would be going into podcasting what's what are some of the differences you noticed kind of doing it and producing it by yourself to now having a team and co-hosting and I know there's like three or four different styles of episodes that you guys do can you take us through maybe some of the mindset differences or how long it produ- takes to produce things or kind of the collaboration cycle? I would say, hmm. So when I was doing the pod, my own podcast, I mean, I, I'm still kind of doing everything. So it seems like it, we have an incredible editor that I work with and he's phenomenal and so that takes off a huge workload mixing mastering even just getting the levels between two different people to sound the same is Mm -hmm. an exorbitant amount of work you have to go step by step and lower each section that's too loud and put in equalizers like there's a lot of fancy footwork getting into that um especially if you have you know music layers you're putting in and intro music and Um, a mid-roll and an outro like all of these things are many moving pieces in the edit so it's so nice having um, our editor to work with on that but I think I think one of the biggest things at least for me was less of the technical differences because technically they're they're rather similar Um, I think the biggest difference is I was by myself doing my own podcast And I have recognized one of my patterns is like wanting to be this sort of perfectionist. And if I don't have one person to bounce an idea off of, I can spend a bit too long Mm. 
kind of weighing the options. So when I'm doing my own, I think it felt in a way, you know, in a way more stressful because I was like, oh my gosh, what about this? What about this? There's There was so much, so much overthinking that was happening. Whereas, you know, now with the team, I can be like, what do you think of this? And they're like, yeah, or they're like, nah. And it's super quick. You know, we can have a quick little voice note back and forth and it's, that's it and make a decision and move forward. And also there's such a clear directive because the brand is so, so well-defined um, that I'm able to make those decisions super fast. So technically I would say they're both very similar, but um, it was actually a better, even though I crave freedom and, you know, doing all these things on my own, I actually really thrive even with just a small team. You know, even just having one other person, like for me, that is – so helpful in being the most decisive and effective in managing all of these moving pieces. And that's such an important thing to know about yourself, you know, Mm. to know, to know that difference and then find positions and opportunities that line up with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you kind of have to check your ego. You're like, yeah, I was a little um, second guessing too much when I was doing that. You know, you have to really be honest with yourself because ultimately you want to set yourself up in a position that you can thrive with your innate abilities that you're good at. You don't want to force yourself into a shoe that doesn't fit. Right. What are some of the most misunderstood aspects of your job or the industry as a whole? Hmm. I think, I think uh, I'll go really broad and just say like podcasting in general. I think there's like misconception that um, like edits and tweaks are, are no big deal because sometimes people will be like, oh, I wish you could have added that in or like, like listeners will say oh can you say this or something and we're like we have to re-edit this on multiple platforms and multiple spaces you know it's not a it's not a simple lift there's so many moving parts when launching an episode um so I think that like I'll even see you know comments on Joe Rogan's podcast of like Joe why did you leave that section in and I'm pretty sure he doesn't do any editing and that's kind of the charm of his podcast Um, But it is interesting seeing people who don't really understand how the technical side of it works and um, are very vocal about how how it should be. I guess that would be my... Yeah, lots of opinions from the outside. Definitely. Where do you see podcasts and the wellness world going in the next few years? I know there's been a lot of kind of new podcasts that have launched, maybe all this extra time that we've had during the pandemic or people reevaluating whether they're happy in their their roles and want to pivot into something else. Do you see things shifting or see kind of little pockets that are growing, some new opportunities? Absolutely. So I think the thing podcast has been growing year over year, I think for the past 10 years. Yeah. And I think part of the charm with 
podcasting is that you can pick it up and listen on the go while you're grocery shopping when you're you know cleaning the apartment when you're on a walk like there's so when you're in the car like there's so many opportunities for you to just pop it on learn something laugh a little bit and feel like you're connected to other people Um, especially during COVID when people are so disconnected they're alone in their homes like hearing other voices feels good it feels familiar um and it also feels like a free education tool there's so much information on podcasts you can learn so much it's like reading a book um and plus some of the access to the guests that a lot of different podcasts get is just phenomenal I mean I feel so lucky even on expanded the podcast that I'm you know running and working on we have Dr. Tara uh who's a neuroscientist and our psychology advisor, along with Lacey, who's the founder and, and owner of the company and created this method. So having even those two experts to talk to on a monthly basis and check in with my manifestation and neuroscience questions is blows my mind. Like it's, it's so interesting. It's incredible. And I absolutely love Dr. Tara and the wealth of knowledge that she has brought. I, I mean, it's just gone to another level. I could not have manifested a better person to be working with. Like, I just am so thankful to have her a part of the company and just, ugh, I can't say enough great things about her. She's just amazing. <laughs> and she's so lovely to listen to. I just, I love her energy and her voice and, just all of it's all of it is so good. Yeah, she is she really is um she's phenomenal. And yeah, so I just I feel like having access to all of these people and getting to hear their stories and their their wisdom and their knowledge it just takes people to another level. So I think podcasts will continue to increase. There'll be more and more out there. Um But from like the tech end of it, there's a lot of new opportunities. People are noticing how many people are listening to podcasts. So I think structures with, you know, sponsorships will start to change. I mean, Joe Rogan did this huge deal with Spotify for $100 million to go exclusive on Spotify. And now I don't know if anyone's noticed, but integrated into the app when you play his podcast Uh, He always releases a video with it that typically lives on YouTube, but now it's right in the Spotify app, which is really nice because you can, you know, have your phone screen off and it'll still play or you could click it on and watch the video. So there's all these new sort of hacks that are starting to show up. Um, And then Spotify also uh, is starting to release where you can integrate music from the Spotify music library into podcasts. So if you're talking about a musician and you want to listen to a piece of their music, you can cut that in and listen in and then have a playlist for your podcast after. I imagine the the music industry is trying to lean it more like a a radio show, you know, go back to the old school days where you have a DJ on and playing music all night and talking to you but I think it's a really cool it's really cool for you know storytelling and podcasting to now incorporate music so the sky's the limit people are integrating you know the video the music everything into it and I think it's just going to continue to grow and grow so it's going to be exciting to see the new 
sort of technical and um, I guess logistic opportunities that open up to create more there. Yeah, it's super exciting, but I can't help to think about as, you know, the the freelancer we talked about, you know, the one woman show or the person that's doing it, there is so much to learn. And so trying to learn whether it's, you know, the different editing things that come out or different social media platforms or now there's the different streaming platforms, it's it's kind of a reminder to pick certain little niches and to have those specialties instead of trying to learn absolutely everything. What are your thoughts on that perspective versus like know a a little bit about a lot? I could not agree more. I think that you – I so many people reach out to me and they're like, I'm thinking of starting a podcast and my immediate response is do it now. Like go. Like just start because there's so much to learn and you don't really know until you're doing it and you're not gonna know but you can read all the articles and study all the podcasts and all the things but until you're physically hitting that record button seeing what an edit looks like uploading onto the medium you just don't know and you'll learn as you go and just be okay with like your first few episodes they're probably not going to be the best episodes in the entire world Hell, if they are, amazing. But just don't put that pressure on yourself. I mean, the number one podcast in the world has thousands of episodes. He wasn't number one when he had episode one through 100. You know what I mean? So it takes time. Your skills will get better. Your editing skills will get better. Maybe you'll be able to hire an editor, you know, and just start small and easy. And I think the biggest step with podcasting or any medium in which you're, you know, going after, just start because that's where you're going to learn. Like taking that action is where you're going to learn to do all of these things. Um, So many people are just so scared. They think it has to be so perfect and excellent. I mean, even launching like a website or a photography business or, you know, I have a friend that does calligraphy and she's like, yeah, I'll just do it on the side. I'm like, just make a website and just start like, you know, put a, put a scheduling thing up and have people start booking things from you. She's like, well, I have a full, you know, another job and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, just start it because you're never going to, you're never going to do it unless you just begin. And then you learn and then you go and you finesse along the way. There's always something more you can be doing, but I think being true to yourself and saying, okay, what feels right right now? I don't need to hit all of the things. Um, trust your gut. And that just goes back to our earlier conversation of the inspired action and like just start and you'll learn with each step that you take. Would you Would you kind of walk me through the mindset that maybe you went through where you're taking action toward this next place or something that you'd like to create, but then still allowing room for some surprise and some magic and not having to have, you know, an exact way of how you would like this story to go. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, we talk about it too magnetic, but it's really about leaning into the surrender of the moment. 
And it's so hard to do, especially when you're going after something like a career, which can feel like an extension of you. You know, it can it can also feel like security. And I think, you know, having security in question when you're trying to pursue something and have surrender feels kind of counterintuitive. Um, but when I was kind of going through it, I mean, I got a, a ping or a hit of inspiration to create my own podcast probably six months before I even picked up microphones and started recording episodes. Mm. And I kept saying to myself, "This I'm not going to be able to monetize on it for a while. Why am I going to waste time doing this? Like, how does this get me to my job? I don't understand. And I kept doing meditations and doing, you know, at To Me Magnetic, we call them deep imaginings, doing deep imaginings um, and doing my own journaling. And it was like, okay, what action do I need to take? Like what what's kind of like I'm surrendering in this moment. Like what do I do? Like where do I go? Where's the clarity that I need to hear? And then I will take, you know, inspired action from there. And I kept getting this feeling of do your own podcast. And I just was like, oh, I sat on it for so long. And then I started doing it. And even while I was doing it, I was like, this is really fun and it's really cool and I'm learning so much, but I still don't know what, what how this gets me to that next step. And I wanted to fight it so many parts of the way and be like, no, we're going to focus on just applying. And yeah. I'm so happy that I listened to that that magical piece, that surrender piece that says, it doesn't matter why you started it. Just it feels good. It's aligned. Just keep going. Mm. And I'm so glad I listened because that ultimately became the entry point to the company that I'm working at now. You know, I could have never predicted that they were going to change out whoever was running their podcast before. Um, I thought that was clearly a, a role that was taken care of. And so, you know, thinking of even working with them, I was like, I can do, you know, producing on, we can do more video content and this and that and thought of a much sort of different type of role. And by surrendering, taking that action, I was really able to, I mean, be surprised with something that was way beyond what I thought was possible. And for a company that I thought was not really in the market for new employees at the time. Yeah. So it's so important to kind of dance that line between the two. But I think an important point there is that you were still looking for and applying for jobs. So continuing the action of you're doing the podcast, but even though you're taking that action, you're still not sitting waiting for someone to knock on your door. It's the combination of, okay, I'm being led to take action here. I'm also going to go poke around and, you know, see what's out there and see the job listings and do the research for these companies that I am interested to see if they're aligned. So I think there's action on so many different fronts. Yeah. And I think, too, um, you know, we go back to what you were mentioning, the think positive model of manifestation. So many people think, okay, cool, I... I think I'm aligned, I'm visualizing it, it'll come to fruition. And, you know, that's just not how it works. Like we're in the physical world, we have to be like interacting with it and and taking steps forward. And I think 
when you can really align with yourself and your needs, then you're able to apply for those jobs, you know, like almost the energy in which you're applying, you know, how you're responding to their questionnaire or writing that cover letter is going to be different if you're excited and enthused and feel like you totally are worthy of this position um, versus just like, oh, copy and paste, copy and paste. Oh my gosh, I hate this, you know? That is such a huge thing that I'm noticing as I'm really enjoying the process of making the podcast and learning so many different things, it changes your energy. And so Mm -hmm. when you know that you're learning and growing, people feel that when, you know, even just in the way that you, you talk when you're talking about something that you're excited about, people can tell a difference and that's magnetic. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that really stems and, you know, we talk about it again. I'm going to really talk about the company the whole time. But it, yeah, it um, it really comes down to your self-worth and your self-worth is based off of your subconscious beliefs of yourself. And so this isn't to discourage anyone who's like, oh, I don't feel good enough for that job. Like, what am I supposed to do? That's totally shiftable and changeable and you can – really go in and be like, okay, if I don't feel worthy for this, like where did I where did I learn that this job wasn't something that was good for me? You know, you really get to go back and kind of like excavate and figure out like, wow, like I'm going after this, uh, let's say artist position and my parents never encouraged me to go after art. Like they constantly said like that's fun, but you need to be doing business or you need to be doing this. And so that means that you have this sort of limiting belief implanted that maybe you're not really cut out for this position or, you know, you have all these other people's sort of shame and pain and programming operating in the back of your mind and so your sort of self-worth is based off of what society and the world told you and so if you can go back in and start addressing some of those things that are deeply rooted then you can shift your confidence level um so it's never like this permanent thing you can always change that energy uh and start viewing yourself and the world differently it's incredible how it all works and I feel like such a different person than I used to be. And I know friends and family have seen a difference just in response, you know, certain situations that would usually get one reaction out of me. When you react a different way, people go, wait, what are you doing differently? But it's just because when you look at the the programming and the belief system, you get to decide if you want to keep that or if you want to change it. And that's all that I mean, it just creates such a different outlook. And I am so thankful for this work prior to 2020 because it's allowed me to see, you know, what would have rock bottomed and left me paralyzed previously. This this work has really allowed me to go, where's the opportunity? You weren't Mm -hmm. loving what you were doing. You get to shift. And it just you see opportunity in what would have felt devastating before. So even on that level, it just, it it makes life a little bit easier when you have some tools to reach for. You know, if you, if there's a situation that really is 
feeling tricky, jump into one of the meditations and it really helps you unpack. And then when you come out, you go, oh, I got this. So a hundred percent. I'm just so thankful for the work that you guys do. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm so thankful for, for Lacey and the team and everyone and just even people taking the time to really care about themselves, to explore themselves. Like that's the best gift you could give yourself is really just really understanding who you are. Um, but circling back kind of to your point of like, you know, it, before this year, you would if, if you didn't have those tools, like you would have been sort of rock bottomed out. I think that happened to so many people this year yeah. because their sense of security was completely taken from them. I mean, we still don't really have security back, you know, the no. world feels <laughs> so unknown and so questionable. And it's like, what is this weird time that we're living in um and I think especially for people who really like to have control and have things in order it can be really scary but I think the idea is that okay well what can I control in this situation and what are the action steps I can take and no you know especially people who have worked in either restaurant industry or even like events I mean yeah. events are horrible they can't have events you know it's been so yeah. difficult I think that's where you're going to get a lot of innovators and new thinkers and new ways of doing things because people instead of saying oh my gosh I can't believe this happened I'm going to crawl up in a ball which if you feel like you need to you should for a day or two but then <laughs> yeah come back out and see how you can see things differently um, people are doing like drive up concerts and online concerts like that would have never been a thing last year, you know, so already people are innovating and adapting to this sort of new way of doing things and figuring out as you're going for your next job or a job or maybe you're just thinking about a position after this one because you're grateful to be working for at least someone right now. Um, you know, think of the ways that it might not look how you've always done or seen things because when things like this happen, it can feel scary, but it also opens the potential for so much more possibility out there. Beautiful. Last couple questions for you. What is sparking your curiosity right now? Are there any podcasts, books, thought leaders that you'd like to share? Um, let's think. There's always something. I've been <laughs> I've been diving back into Joan Didion, who's a fantastic author. And she has a lot of books from the 60s and 70s, and they're all um little a collection of essays. Uh, she is slouching towards Bethlehem and the White Album, which are from that time period. And it's really interesting because a lot of it she's writing from L.A. or at the very least in the West Coast and seeing kind of sort of a time that for her in that time period felt crazy. Um, yeah. You know, there were riots and protests. There was a lot of, you know, civil unrest and kind of her sort of exploration of that and now you know everything cyclical coming back all these years later 
same sort of themes, same sort of problems. And it's like, this is really interesting. You can learn so much from history and then figure out, okay, well, what did they do last time and why didn't it work? Mm. You know, and how can we make changes in the world that actually help and impact the collective at large? And, um, you know, how can we create and innovate new things? And so I'm, I'm really inspired by reading her books right now. And then there's always a TV show I'm bouncing between. Um, I just watched The Vow on HBO. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. Um, it's about a cult. But okay. it's, I'm, I'm kind of into, like, the cult story stuff. But I love learning about it because it's so interesting how in the beginning of all the cult documentaries, they always sell you on these ideas and thoughts. And I'm like, yeah, that makes so much sense. I love that. I'm so interested in that. And then by the end, you're like, how did they get them to like what? Like, didn't they know that was a red flag? Couldn't they tell? And I'm so interested in psychology and so seeing the psychological manipulation and how that's being – I mean, then it again at large speaks to the world. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, how is society being manipulated and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, thinking about the tools of social media and the impact and where can we take our power back a bit and be more, um, uh, I guess, just like like question things a bit more – yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm inspired by the cult documentary. Horrified is probably a good answer. Yeah. But it is very interesting learning how these things work and operate and then figuring out, you know, how to – like these are super educated, intelligent people that they were able to manipulate into doing yeah. really bad things. And it's like, well, okay, if that can be done, like how do you – how do you strengthen your own mind? And I think all of it comes back to always trust your gut because yeah. your gut will know when something's off. So, I mean, it just remind everything comes back to, to be magnetic for me. I'm like, that's the importance of tapping into your intuition and taking time to sit down with your thoughts and seeing how your body responds, you know, to different ideas and, just checking in once in a while to see to see how it's resonating instead of just blindly accepting things. Absolutely. I think we're all so much more powerful than we even give ourselves credit for. And so much of the answers we're seeking from, you know, whether it's a friend or a parent or a psychic or astrology or, you know, wherever we're scraping for those answers – Use whatever tools that you have, whether that's meditation or, you know, a yoga practice or journaling or maybe it's just five minutes in the shower. Use that to just tap into yourself and I guarantee you'll find way more powerful answers than you would, you know, seeking them elsewhere. Yeah, I definitely love having, you know, tools and all those other things for confirmation. But it, like you said, it shouldn't be what you give your power to, to find the answer. It should just be another kind of like your psychic on the beach. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like you would have done anything she said, but her timing sure was right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Final question. What is the best piece of career advice you have either received or that you would offer to others? Hmm. 
Um, I think I think Gary V says this, but um, Gary Vaynerchuk, but um, fail early, like like put yourself out there, take the action, and fail, and run into the failure, and keep going, mm. because I think. You know, so many people are so afraid to take that first step. They overanalyze it. They perfectionistic guys it. That's not a word. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they really just, they, they build it up into so much fear. And the truth of the matter is, if you're going to do something big and impactful, you're probably going to fail or have some missteps. That is not only okay, it's the norm and get there and do it sooner and then pick yourself up and go and you'll just start you know strengthening your your capabilities um and so just never be afraid to fail there's there is really no such thing as like a failure because it's all lessons you're just learning and going and learning and going and it's all part of the process oh it's so good I love it. Jessica, thank you for your time. This was so much fun. And it's just kind of surreal to have someone that I've been listening to for every week. How long has it been? About a year, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I just hit my one year anniversary a couple weeks back. Congrats. But it's such an interesting experience to have a voice I'm familiar with and there's this weird phenomenon now where you feel like someone, you know, someone because, you know, you follow their content on social media or you listen to them weekly, but have never interacted. So this is such a cool experience to have an actual conversation with you. Yay. It was (laughs) such an honor. I'm so thankful and like that you reached out. This is so fun. Another big thank you to Jessica for your time and sharing so much about your role I heard a little bit of Jessica's story on the Expanded podcast when they were talking about um, some behind the scenes with the team. And I was just so curious to hear more because I related to a few different things that Jessica said. So I hope that we expanded upon those in this episode for anyone else that finds himself on a similar journey or is looking to pivot and find something that's more aligned with who they are and how they work and truly use their gifts for something a little bit more than what they're currently doing. If you are at all curious about the To Be Magnetic workshops that we talked a lot about, Again, I've linked all of that information in the show notes so that you can jump over there and learn a little bit more. I hope that you guys are taking good care of yourself, especially this week. This episode is being released on November 2nd. I normally release episodes on Tuesday, but being that Tuesday this week is the election, I figured we could use an episode a day early. So I hope that you're doing well. Thank you for spending some time with me today. And I will catch you next time on another episode of Defining Roles.